Oh, we don't have time for that. No, it's too hot. This- <clears throat> too hot. I don't want to be here any longer than I have to be here. Not even for the sake of jokes. I, I, I get that a lot, actually. So. <laughs> that you're too hot? Really? No. Yeah, I don't want to be here with you any longer than I have to be. Oh, that yeah. bit? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah great. you can see I can that. see right? that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, episode 144, Cold War show, last at uh, the end of last episode, last week, Ray. Yes. We were talking about the, the, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, the Western Wall, uh, how all the, both the Jews and the Christians and the Arabs all saw it as a holy site. The Muslims were concerned that the Jews wanted to take it over, destroy the Islamic structures on it, rebuild a Jewish temple. And they were right to be concerned because that is what at least some of the Jews mm-hmm. wanted to do. We talked about a guy called Joseph Klausner, right. member of uh, Better Not Pout, Better Not Cry, Jabba the Hutt's <laughs> militaristic Mussolini-loving revisionist youth movement, uh. who uh, had been publishing a lot of stuff saying, "Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna take it." Um, and, and, and then in the middle of all of this, in the summer of 1929, the uh, British High Commissioner, Sir John Chancellor, and a bunch of his police officers decided that would be a good time <laughs> to just leave and go back to England. Uh, quite honestly, whenever I see violence uh, about to erupt, I per- go, you know what, I, I think I might just go now, uh, le- yeah. let, you, let, let you guys just do it. Call me if you need me, right? But it'll take me a month to get back here because I'm yeah. on a slow boat to fucking and, London. So and don't know. call me, right? And I don't have a phone. That's but right. apart from that, if you need anything, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm your man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it didn't help that uh, Sir John Chancellor was an anti-Zionist. Uh, he had recently taken over in July of 1928. But like you said, uh, I, I, maybe it's the weather or whatever, or it's the political weather, if you will. Uh, he decides it's probably best to go home and, and see the family and let everybody know that he misses and loves them very much. Yeah. Now, Klausner, the uh, Hebrew uh, literature professor at Hebrew University, right. published the following urge for the Jews to rise up. Ye, yeah. ye Jews! <laughs> Now, I, that's whenever I go to, you know, the, the uh, Jewish stop shop in, in Brisbane. Right. We have, we have Jews in Brisbane, might surprise you. There's at least four I know of. And whenever I go to the, uh, uh, the, the, the shops that they sure. always own, in. like the, yeah. the bop to get my bopka, right. um, I open the door and say, ye Jews! That's always how I announce myself. <laughs> I summon them to me, and I go, "Hey, good enough for Joseph Klausner. Good enough yeah. for me. I bet you, ye get a Jews. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do I? Do I get a response? <laughs> yeah. They love it. I mean, they don't act like they love it, right. but I know they love they it. They hide it, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Ye Jews and national Jews in all parts of the world. <laughs> so, do you watch? Do you watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I've seen a few. We were watching an episode of season three last night, and there's a bris going on, and uh, 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 Moisha, uh, the, one of the fa- the grandfather, tells his son that they, they they need more Jews to do a bris. Apparently, you have to have a certain number of Jews, uh, Jewish oh. men, in the room to do a bris, and they're a bit oh. short. And they're going to go out, and the son goes, "I'll go round up some Jews." And his father goes, "I'm not sure that's." Uh... He goes, "Yeah, that didn't sound right." As soon as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> Go round up some Jews. It's a very funny, very, very, very funny show. Anyway, ye Jews and national Jews in all parts of the world, wake up and unite. Do not keep silent or rest in peace until the entire wall has been restored to us. Form yourselves into pro-wailing wall societies. Hold meetings of protest. Go and demonstrate before the British consuls in all countries on behalf of the wall. Submit protests memorials to them. Explain to the Jewish masses and to the young generation what has been and what is the kotel to Israel in the past and at present. Explain to the righteous and the pious among the nations of the world what is the national insult which we have suffered at the hands of the British officials without justice or right. Note that he's blaming the British here. 
Right. Move heaven and earth at the unspeakable and unprecedented injustice and oppression, which tends to rob a live nation of the last of its relics and its poor man's lamb. Those of us who are here will not rest until that relic, which has always been ours, which has been sealed with the blood of scores of thousands of our children through two millennia, and which has absorbed the tears of Israel for 2,000 years, has been restored to us. Come to our help by cooperating in this just struggle for the wall, and triumph is sure to come. Now again, I want to point out that at the time when the temple was destroyed, say around 70 CE, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Jewish people who lived in Jerusalem at the time if they have any living descendants in mm-hmm. 1929, right. they include the Palestinian Arabs <laughs> who are treating the Temple Mount as a sacred site. You get what I'm saying? You can't win. They're all the same fucking yeah. people. <laughs> you can't if you go back to the time when this event happened, right. there were no Muslims in, in, in 70 CE. If you were an Arab... That's true. Living in Jerusalem at the time, you were probably a Jew. I got to say, you're not making any friends here. The people that are going to be listening to this that are Jewish or Muslim, they're not They're not on board. And the fact that you're right makes it doubly worse. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, look, they, they, they may have had uh, non-Jewish religious beliefs. It's possible right. that they were Sumerians or they, they, they subscribed to a pagan religion, maybe a Greco-Roman religion, maybe something out of Egypt. Egypt obviously had its own religions yeah. of ISIS and... The, you know the the Egyptians are are Arabs basically. Uh, you know essentially we 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 can we lump them all together today. All the Egypt and yeah. Saudi Arabia all, and all that's all yeah. all yeah. they're all Arabic nations. Uh, technically, Libya, uh, Egypt should be African, but but you know the people who tended to become the majority population there. You know they come down from your your Barbary pirates and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Middle Eastern uh, migration down to that period. Joseph in his multicolored dream coat and all of that kind of crap. <laughs> right. He got kicked out, but you know the Jew, the, the Arabs ended up getting their foot in their door there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, my point being that uh, all the same people. <laughs> Anywho, right. anyway, yes. Yeah. On August fifteenth, nineteen twenty-nine, Napoleon's birthday. Three hundred revisionist youths. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt's militaristic Mussolini lovers marched to the Western Wall proclaiming the wall is ours. So all of those paranoid thoughts that the Arabs were having, now it looks like it's just been validated. Yeah. Even though, they do actually, you really think the British a- would let the Jews tear down whatever's there that they needed to tear down and build the Temple Mount? I mean, there's. I, I know we're talking about religion and I know we're talking about people's passions there's just not a lot of common sense going on I guess if, if someone that you respect the mufti or whoever maybe someone in the government tells you or, or or spreads a rumor that yeah the Jews are looking to tear everything of ours down and build another temple you're, I guess you're going to believe it you're going to more than likely believe it and you're ready to react if that seems if it seems that that idea has been confirmed they even had a protest song that they wrote uh oh Jews are just another brick in the wall. Yeah. So protesters raised the Zionist flag. Uh Now, Ray, what is what is the Zionist flag, Ray? Do you want to do you want to explain to the kids at home the Zionist flag? Uh, Blue and white, but I don't know what it represents. Is it a white cross or white? Something I can't remember. What is it? Wow, I'm not Jewish. See, this is this is where the hard work comes. Oh, in. not Jewish, but you do a show on World War Two that involves this little thing called the Holocaust. You would think <laughs> that you would have. You live in America. 
Where right? the Jews control everything. Oh, shh. Not shh, shh. Are you crazy? <laughs> We're going to get killed. We're kidding. Shut up, you fucking hell. They're going to batar my ass, and then they're going to come for you. <laughs> Uh, the Star of David has the blue, blue oh. and white, blue stripes, white center band, the, the blue Star of David. Now, the flag's only been around since 1891. Um, the Star of David, though, a lot of people don't know this. Mm-hmm. People think that the Star of David uh, goes way, way, way back, but it actually doesn't. It's not that old really? a symbol. Oh. Yeah, well, look, there's, there's debates about it, but it was really only used... To represent Judaism um, from the sort of late 1900s, like 1897, it was chosen as the symbol right. for the first Zionist Congress to go on the flag. There, there is some archaeological evidence that it was used way, way back um, as an ornament. It does mm-hmm. appear in some Jewish contexts in the archaeological record, mostly as a decorative motif. You know... If if you look at uh, Arabic art, they they, they love a lot of uh, intersecting swirly things and right. lines intersecting and all that kind of stuff because, according to their beliefs, you're not supposed to depict icons. You're not allowed okay. to have pictures of Muhammad or God, and you know that's why anyone you're not even allowed to say the name of Muhammad without them getting upset. Let alone depicting him in a picture, uh, oh. they get very upset. Right. You have to. You have to. You can say the name, but you have to use it in the right. You know, blessed be his name, and all this. You have to use it in the right context. That's too much um, work. Yeah. Fundamental to these Yahwean religions is you're not even supposed to speak the name of. Oh, like Voldemort. God is it Voldemort? <laughs> yes. Is yeah. God is Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> should have worked that out. Um, the reason why he's been hidden and no one has right. seen him. Right. Since he used to walk around the Garden of Eden with Adam just or shooting Hogwarts. shit. Right. It is is because his nose fell off. And like oh. Michael Jackson, he's very sensitive about that guy. Did he God. wear a mask, a medical mask? He no. did wear a Groucho Marx uh, <laughs> mask for many, many years. Like shock like shock G right. from uh, Digital Underground. Um, <laughs> I don't know if the kids even know who Shock uh, G is. Oh, oh, hold on, I gotta go. I gotta get me a little bit of digital underground. And all around the world, all around the world, and all around the world. Do you know what this song is famous for, Ray? No, I don't. Tell, Tell me. me. Show me. Show me your, the, your hip hop knowledge. What's this song? Mm. People playing at home. What's that song famous for? I'll give you another few seconds. The party to get naughty, get my rocks on, eat popcorn, watch you move your body to the pop song that I'm singing, ding a ringing, funky beats ringing, everybody swinging in the place as I kick the Jay Z style. No, nothing. No, sorry. Okay, well, A, famous for being in a very bad Dan Aykroyd uh, movie, but B, mm-hmm. uh, let me see if I can find for these few seconds uh, of the track. Let me see if I can find it. But to me, it's just the same old song, so just watch. Because my name is Shock, I like to rock, and you can't stop this. Tupac, go ahead and rock this. Now I clown around when I hang around with the underground. Girls used to frown, say I'm down when I come around. Gas me, and when they pass me, they used to diss me. Harass me, but now they ask me if they can kiss me. Get some fame, people change, want to live their life high. Same song, can't go wrong if I play the nice guy. Claiming fame must have changed now that we became strong. I remain still the same, because it's the same song. Yeah, the the, the launch of Tupac Shakur. Oh. 18, 18 seconds of Tupac, man, that changed hip-hop forever. Nice. It was in that same song by the Digital Underground, the first uh, group okay. he was uh, with. And now anyway. he's with Elvis right. and Jim Morrison. Gotcha. And Biggie. R.I.P. Biggie Smalls. R.I.P. Tupac, man. Yeah. Fucking white guys. A couple of white guys going on about Tupac and Biggie. An Australian white guy. Wigger. <laughs> That's me. 
No, I love me. I love me some Tupac, and I love me some Biggie, man. So you know. Oh God. Peace out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yes, the uh, where did we go? how the fuck did I get on that? I don't know. Uh, Shock G, yeah, used to Shock G used to wear a Groucho mask. <laughs> Why? Oh shit! What is wrong with my brain? I went from I went from the star of David <laughs> to that to to Tupac oh. and Biggie within right, like actually. thirty seconds. What? Right. Um, Must be fun talking to my, you. My Never brain, anything. in my brain, yeah. yeah, it is. My brain is basically a mind map that just lines going off <laughs> every fucking during, right. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that pew pew. <laughs> so yeah, so it goes back. It's used decorative in, oh. in like some of the Jewish antiquity stuff. Right. In Israel, there's a stone with a hexagram, sort of third, fourth century synagogue in Galilee. Um, may have been used before that. We don't really know. It's called mm. sort of the Star of David or the Shield of David or the Seal right. of David. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't re- it's not like it was a major religious symbol in ancient right. Judaism. Right. It, uh, it's, it's more of a, a modern thing. Yeah. Of course, Na- it was used by the that. Nazis yeah. to, <clears throat> to identify Jews during yes. the Holocaust. Yes. Um, but it was a it was a fairly new thing. They they just picked up, started running. Huh. So anyway, um, they were marching. Getting back to the show, they right. were marching <clears throat> with the Zionist flag. Yes, and are said to have insulted the Prophet Muhammad, uh, blessed be his name, Islam, <laughs> and the Muslim community. Really. Uh, and also to have beaten up Muslim residents okay, during this do protest. That would do it. Well, yeah, because the next day after, I think it was on August 15th, when the 3,000 Jews are gathering at the wall for the prayer, uh, excuse me, the day after that, uh, August 16th, there's hundreds of Jews out, and some of them are members of Beitar, and they're carrying batons, and they're demonstrating at the site. So I would imagine that there was a little bit of rough and tumble somewhere during that day, because both sides are worked up at this point. And the demonstration is taking place out the front of the house of the Mufti oh. uh, of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, right? So, uh, hundreds, uh, up to thousands. I've read different numbers. I'm not exactly right. sure, but there was there was there was lots of Jews protesting. Some of them, members of the extreme m- militia movement, Beta Jabotinsky's pro-fascist political yeah. movement, <laughs> carrying batons and flags, yelling, screaming, beating people up. Yeah, at least it. according to one version of the story. Yeah. Now, rumours, apparently part of an orchestrated campaign, that the Jews yeah. intended to march uh, and attack Arabs right throughout Jerusalem, started mm. spreading Yes, through the Arabs there. Leaflets were distributed saying the Jews were going to take over the holy sites. Now, again, we don't, we don't know. Where from? Yeah, we don't know if it was the Arabs that were that were spreading these, or the Jews, oh. just you know, trying as right. you indicated. Uh, I'm not sure if it was earlier this episode or last episode to try and create because I got distracted by Tupac no, to so. try and cr- create uh, conflict. Yes, because they wanted to bring it to a head, particularly these yeah. these alt right these alt right Jews. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you fascist Jews. That's a. That's a. That's a that's a combination of words right. you you don't yeah, get you to don't... use very often. Exactly, exactly. But your fascist Jews uh, <laughs> wanted to instigate violence. They wanted to bring this whole thing to a head yeah, to prove around. that this there was never going to be a peaceful solution to this. Remember, Klausner uh, writing all these articles and and uh, uh, the guy we talked about early on, uh, Jabotinsky, created Betar. And his Iron Wall uh, document was saying, "Listen, whenever there's no peaceful solution to this, it's got to come down to force of arms, right?" Right. And right. They, they were trying to convince their fellow Jews and the British of this. So anyway, leaflets were distributed. Large riots followed over the next few days, and the British did nothing to stop it. A because there was only four guys and a dog, and the dog was <laughs> blind and only had two legs. 
left behind in all of Palestine. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so um, the um, Supreme Muslim Council organizes demonstrators. They go out and they harass uh, Jews. There's actually one Jew killed. And on the August 22nd, many of the Arab villages are armed with sticks and knives. They leave. Uh, they go into the Haram. The British at this point at least try to start a dialogue between the two sides, but it's way too late for that. So I'm not going to jump ahead, but after the morning, after the Muslims' morning prayers, and this is on Friday, August 23rd, those thousands of people, and uh, many of them are armed, leave the Haram, and they are going to look for some Jewish heads to bust. All that tension, all for the offer of these many years, is now going to be vented, and these people are ready to go at each other, and the British can't do anything about it. Not that they want to, but they can't. 292 policemen in all of Palestine and less than 100 soldiers. Jesus. A few armored cars and five planes, not exactly what you need to stop not only um, a revolt or uh, you can call it a mini civil war in Palestine, but it's not going to stay just in um, one location very long. This is going to spread quickly as if it was pre-planned. And because they were British policemen, they didn't have guns. They did have sticks. sticks. Yeah. And and, they were there. uh, I say, stop it. Which didn't work. And and a mean stare. They've been trained in the fine art of the mean stare. And to say, I do say. They did that a lot. I do say, sir. Here, here. Stop that bashing that man's head in. I say. Didn't work. Uh, you know, uh, 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 10 years later, they tried that on the Luftwaffe. Uh, I do say, Didn't sir, stop bombing our homes. <laughs> Quit Didn't work then either. Rude, rude. <laughs> I do say, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Harumph. Harumph. So they had to try something else. Yeah. Seriously, less than 300 policemen and less than 100 yeah. soldiers in all of Palestine. It's yeah. insane. The fuck? Okay, if you had a company, you, let's say you're the president of a company and you've got 500 employees and 400 of them come up to you and go, look, we'd all like to go on vacation this week. Um, we know that the inventory is coming up. This has nothing to do with that, but we'd all like to go on vacation at the same time. And you're like, yeah, sure. And you let them go and there's very little people left over. I mean, this is just insane. I don't know how many police officers left, but clearly it was too many. So they can't do much. Now... It's not like there hadn't been violence previously in yeah. Palestine. I know they'd had peace for a few years. They'd probably gone, oh, well, you know, it's <laughs> probably all right. Shit happens. Nothing's happened before. Right. They'll sort it out. We're <laughs> over that. We're over the worst of it. It'll come. Um, but still, it does seem like a tremendous oversight um, by the British yeah. here. Yeah. So anyway, large riots happened. Um, the Arabs obviously outnumbered the Jews. They ended right. up attacking Jewish homes, slaughtering inhabitants in various parts of uh, Palestine. It wasn't just in Jerusalem. It was all over the place. Sure. British police chief Raymond Kafarata mm-hmm. later testified on hearing scream. <clears throat> I do say, here, here. On hearing screams in a room, I went up to a sort of tunnel passage and saw an Arab in the act of cutting off a child's head with a sword. He had already hit him and was having another cut, but on seeing me, he tried to aim the stroke at me, but missed. He was practically on the muzzle of my rifle. I shot him low in the groin. Here, here. Behind him was a Jewish woman smothered in blood with a man I recognized as an Arab police constable named Issa Sharif from Jaffa in Mufti. He was standing over the woman with a dagger in his hand. He saw me and bolted into a room close by and tried to shut me out, shouting in Arabic, Your Honor, I am a policeman. I got into the room and shot him. Here, here, Dick. Yeah. So the so the air police were in on it as yes, well. Yes, he did. I mean, yeah, he he did shoot him in the dick. He shot both of them in the dick. <laughs> well, yes. for that they mm. deserve it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so during the week uh, 23rd to the 29th of August, 133 Jews were killed and between 198 and 241 others injured, large majority of whom were unarmed and murdered in their homes by the Arabs. Yes. At least 116 Arabs were killed, so 133 mm-hmm. Jews and 116 Arabs. So it's, it's, it's pretty much you know, 50-50 right. here. And a couple of hundred of them were injured as well, mostly by British police trying to suppress the riots, although about 20 Arabs were killed by Jews. Yes. So, you know, it was fairly even. Uh, and, and again, the blame of who started it, there were stories yeah. on both sides. The Jews blamed the Arabs, the Arabs blamed the Jews. British investigation into the riots determined that the fundamental cause of the violence was the fact that they'd all gone home for Christmas, <laughs> for summer. But apart from that, the secondary cause of the violence... There was no one here to stop them. Without yeah. which, in our opinion, disturbances either would not have occurred or would not have been little more than a local riot, is the Arab feeling of animosity and hostility towards the Jews consequent upon the disappointment of their political and national aspirations and fear for their economic future, as well as Arab fears of Jewish immigrants not only as a menace to their livelihood, but as a possible overlord of the future. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the we've talked about the uh, Jewish arrogance of some of the Zionists, and then like uh, Jabotinsky, the the intensity, the more directness of what they want to do. I mean, these people have been losing their land; uh, they're getting pushed off as soon as land is bought. All the Arabs are pushed off. Uh, they're having to go to the city. They end up being homeless or or eking out as um, eking out a living. Life has just gotten hard for a lot of them. And when the time or the opportunity comes, they're going to let loose, and it's years of pent up frustration. And so at least the British were honest enough to get that right. And I have to just say I'm I'm rather impressed that they that they uh, called it correctly in their report. I thought maybe they what would yes their way. And what are we going to do about it? Nothing. Fuck all. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, with uh, with regard to the triggering of the riots, the British investigation declared that the incident, which contributed most to the outbreak was the Jewish demonstration at the Wailing Wall on the 15th of August, 1929. Yeah. So the British blamed it on the Jews. And, and the other part of it was, like, like you were saying a second ago, while some of the people who were helping gather information for the report were blaming the Arabs because they're the ones who kind of went out and attacked, um, they did say that it was unpremeditated. Again, it was just their frustration spilling over of the way they've been treated in their own land for many years, and the British could certainly sympathize with that. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that the British are coming or blaming the Jews to a degree. Yes, it was the Shaw Report. Yeah. Or the Shaw Commission. Right. Yes. Um, There's somebody... Yes. Just just the, the... the, the fact that even the British at the time, and we know, I've said before, the British at the time who were there uh, weren't big fans of the Zionists. Uh, but in this particular instance, they blamed the outbreak on the Jews basically uh, trying to deliberately trying to piss yeah. off the Arabs over the, the sacred site. Now, the investigation recommended that excessive Jewish immigration be stopped that the eviction of Arab peasants off the land be stopped and that the government look into the issue of land sales to the Jews and the Western Wall. They said that evictions were giving rise to a landless and discontented class of evictees. Yeah. You know how, for the last, like, 2,000 years, the Jewish hadn't been allowed to uh, be on the land and that was the great source of their uh, (laughs) sadness. Right. Literally, they've been in Palestine for five fucking minutes. (laughs) And they're already causing this. They're just going, well, you know. Hey, it was done to us. Happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. You know. I'd rather be on this end. Yeah. It's your fucking turn now. (laughs) Uh, get Get off the land. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Of course, the big difference is 
all the countries in the diaspora where the Jews went to, to uh, where they weren't allowed to have land, they were they were the immigrants into those countries. Right. They, they, they weren't born there. Here, they're also immigrants into this country, uh, uh. but now the immigrants are the ones kicking the locals off their land. Yeah. So John Chancellor on the September the 1st condemned the atrocious acts committed by bodies of ruthless and bloodthirsty evildoers and the murders perpetrated upon defenceless members of the Jewish population accompanied as at Hebron by acts of unspeakable savagery. Oh my God. Now, yeah. yes. let, me, let me continue discussing the Boer War. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> I shot some niggers there, my friends. It was Capital. wonderful times. Capital. Capital times. Yeah. <laughs> God. So- oh, Churchill and I, did we have a good time shooting the Negroes? <laughs> Sitting, driving around in our, with the tops down in our cars, drinking champagne, smoking cigars and shooting the Africans. It was lovely. Fun, good fun times. times. Oh, oh, oh. Love, Jolly love, good. Oh. Right. So just to, just to give us some more context, the uh, I think it was Husseini, the Mufti of Jerusalem. This worked out pretty well for him. He got a lot of followers on his side from the opposition. So this is something that's working out for him. And as you just said a second ago, the Zionists are about to get an anal probe from the British. The whole Jewish immigration, the land buying, all this stuff, it's going to be looked into the uh, by the British. It is not looking good for the Zionists. Yeah, not looking good in the short term. Right. But, uh, yeah, long term. Uh, I, don't I think know. they'll bounce I think back. They've, well, I, they've, got, yeah. they've got a plan. Yeah. I, I did want to say that about 860 people, 700 of them were put on, were Arabs, were put on trial. About 55 Arabs are convicted of murder and about 25 of them are, convict, are uh, condemned to death. However, because there are 800,000 Arabs in this, in this area and they start protesting, the British wisely back off. Those sentences are reduced and as for the Jews, um, I think only three, no, sorry, as far as the Arabs, only three were executed down from the 25. As for the Jews, two were found guilty. But again, their death sentences, because the Zionists protested, were changed to, I've, I'm, sh- I'm sure, some serious time in jail. So uh, again, it's like the British are here to secure the Suez Canal, and maybe they can get some something else out of this area. But if the locals don't go along with you, if they all start fighting against you, it's in a way, not worth it. And we haven't talked about it yet. This will come up later. But the British are spending a shit ton of money by having soldiers uh, in this area and trying to police it. It's going to do All five of them. Right. But it's going to increase much more later on. But the point is, it's going to cost them a lot of money. And But, but the whole thing seems to be falling apart. And they're trying to get both sides to quit killing each other for five minutes so they can fucking talk. And it's just not working out. Within hours of the uh, report from the Shaw Commission, mm-hmm. John Chancellor urged the British government to reduce, if not completely renege, mm. on its commitment to Zionism. He said the Balfour Declaration had been a colossal blunder. Oh, God. Oh, my meanwhile, God. Yeah. Meanwhile, in my uh, uh, research reading newspapers... Right. From around this time, I came across this story uh, published in a uh, newspaper in New York. Rabbi Shulman urges all Jews to oppose Zionism. Senior rabbi of Temple Emmanuel, New York, terms Jewish nationalism a menace, defines viewpoint of agency non-Zionists. Mm. The duty of American Jews is to oppose uncompromisingly and with all their might the philosophy of Jewish nationalism and the Zionistic, Zionistic ideal, Rabbi Samuel Shulman declared Sunday morning in his sermon at Temple Emmanuel. Right. The belief that Palestine is the solution and salvation for the Jews is injurious, not only to Jews themselves, but to the aspirations of the world for harmony and peace, Rabbi Shulman asserted. Huh. Okay. So I wanted to point out that uh, leading Jewish 
thinkers and, in this case, a rabbi around right. the world. Now, this guy uh, had, uh, you know, was part of the um, same bunch of guys that were the Zionists, right? Yeah. He, I think, was, uh, I did look him up, I think he was of Russian heritage, uh, born in Russia, came to the United States in 1868. He was only four years old, though. But, you know, comes from the same sort of uh, Russian Jewish stock as most mm-hmm. of the leading Zionist thinkers. Uh, his family wasn't there for the pogroms in the late 1880s, but I'm sure his ancestors had been through lots of yeah. pogroms before that. Um you know, he's saying this is a bad idea. So I, I, I just want people to understand that even the Jews, a lot, a lot of leading Jews at the time thought right. that this was a bad idea it's for everybody concerned. Yeah. Yeah. He's pissing they everybody could see. Off. Yeah. Exactly. They could see the writing on the wall. Sir John Chancellor could see the writing on the wall. Sir Ronald Storrs had seen the writing on the wall. All of these people. Right. Jews, British, Arabs. You can all see the writing on the wall that this is not going to work. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. So the 1920s, this is not going to work. But as we all know what's coming in the 1930s, this goes from being something that maybe shouldn't have been tried to the only card the Jews have to play left. So we'll see that happen in the future episode. But again, this is where we're getting to the point where outside forces outside of Palestine start um, affecting the overall picture of the Zionists and the Arabs going at each other. As Heather said to you last night, look, it's what you're doing just isn't working. It's counterproductive. (laughs) It's not embarrassing yourself. Yeah. You stop I'm, now before you embarrass I'm, yourself even I'm, further. It's I'm just tapping not you on out. the shoulder now. Just yeah, stop. Yeah. And- see, see what I'm doing with my hand? I'm making your teeth. <laughs> Time out. Time out. It's just not, it's not getting us Maybe anywhere. Maybe I need to talk to Scott. Get to Scotty B and get some uh, tips. Scotty B? <laughs> yeah. When, when... <laughs> I'm not going to be mean to Scotty and his ability to keep a woman. You know, that's, you, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd make him cry. Don't want to make no, Scotty cry. No, no. Because then no. he would play like sad guitar and put it on Facebook, and I can't watch that. <laughs> sad, so, sad, no. <laughs> sad, heavy metal shredding. It's the worst kind. Oh, nothing worse than sad shredding. Anyway. <laughs> uh, now, the hang- you, you mentioned that the people were condemned to death. The hangings yeah. of the Arabs took place. June 17th, 1930, the Palestinian Arab executive, the PAE, right. glorified the oh. people that were executed as yes. forerunners of freedom and independence who met their Lord peacefully without fear and grief, victims of the foreign greedy imperialism. Now, uh, foreshadowing there of you know, the next century. Oh, yes. Nearly of Arabs being glorified, uh, Muslim uh, uh, freedom fighters being glorified for sacrificing themselves for the cause. Yes. So for now, they're going to heaven. Later on, they'll get 100 virgins. I just want to keep it all clear. Mm. Anyway. What a nightmare that would be. Oh, my God. (laughs) Look, ladies, I can't. Just sit down. Okay? Listen, I I go to heaven and go, and God goes, here's your hundred verse. Like, listen. Look, this isn't heaven. This is hell. Come on. Yeah, old fella. Give me a (laughs) hundred dirty, dirty, dirty sluts who know how to suppress their gag reflex. I mean, like, why? (laughs) Whose heaven is it? Yours or mine? Come on. Yeah, like, come on. I don't know who you were thinking of when you designed this bullshit. Virgins, really? Gummer pile? I mean, (laughs) just give me a hundred dirty sluts. That's what I want. Yeah. And make them all. Right. Make them all at least 50% bisexual. You know? (laughs) No, I don't want all. No, I don't want all of them to be bisexual. Because they would leave me alone. Right, right. Well, no, they're bisexual. I want half of them to be bisexual. The other half. Yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of want to push them in that direction. That's the fun is going, come on, just give it a little lick. Go on. You might like it. You don't know. What's, what's Scotty try doing? That's, yeah. If they're right. already into it, oh. that's great, but yeah. it's hotter if you get them to do it for the first time. 
and make some of them identical right? twins. Oh, just some of them please. identical twins. Swedish identical Swedish twins. Swedish would be great. Airline hostess. <laughs> 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 and Caligula's favorite sister, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, God, get with it. Are now the God British sent. Yeah, 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 yeah. The British sent Sir John Hope Simpson. Oh, good. Who was a retired colonial official <clears throat> down to Palestine to sort out all the mess. Yeah. He wrote in a letter that accompanied his final report. All British officials tend to become pro-Arab, or perhaps, more accurately, anti-Jew. Personally, I can quite well understand this trait. The helplessness of the fella, the fella is uh, an Arab farmer or peasant, the fellaheen. Right. The helplessness of the fella appeals to the British official. The offensive assertion of the Jewish immigrant is, on the other hand, repellent. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, he said there was no more room for further settlers as long as Arab agriculture was not developed and he opposed any further immigration destined for agriculture settlement. So, yeah, he is coming down hard, siding with the Arabs against the Jews. And again, he is the guy who's been sent from Whitehall to investigate Jewish settlement and land sales. So it's not looking good for the Zionists. They said, tell us what you really think, Sir John. <laughs> Don't hold back, old boy. Don't hold back. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me all. Okay. <laughs> I hate the Jews. They're a bunch of cunts. The Arabs, smelly, but it's, uh, it's quite frankly. It's for cunts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> like here, and this is 1930. So Sir Ronald Storrs, you know, got there, what, in 1918, so they've been at this now for whatever twelve years. Yeah. Uh, still, London's not really getting the idea. Their own people, right, have been telling them for twelve years. Yeah. Uh, this is a really bad idea. Let's yeah. pull out, pull out of the whole Zionist thing. Not going to work. Yeah. Not gonna. Not going to. Not a mama. Yeah, wouldn't not be prudent. Not, not gonna, wouldn't be prudent <laughs> at this at this juncture. Uh, but uh, they didn't give a fuck. March of March yeah. of nineteen thirty. By the way, a little bit before this, before yeah. Sir John came out, an Arab delegation went to London to try and get the British to grant them self government. Oh, good. Under British supervision, yeah. they were like, "Listen, self." Uh, government, uh, self-determination of all peoples, Atlantic Charter. What's that? Uh, you'll, 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 you'll sign it in about 10 right. years. Don't worry about it. Years. But seriously, um, under British but seriously, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, democracy, you know that thing? Right. Democracy. You love it? Democracy. Hey, that's for the white people. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And the now, British went, yeah. no. Yeah. They sailed there. They talked to a whole bunch of people uh, in London, came back completely empty-handed. And, and see, this is the thing, though. The British are like, well, we don't like the Jews, but we got the whole Balfour Declaration. We got the mandate. So it's in a tricky situation. But we know we don't want to give you Arabs self-government, even under British control. So how can the Arabs not get... Okay, they're like, okay, we're truly wasting our time trying to work things out with the British. And we know we're wasting our time trying to work things out with the Jews. But I just wanted to add on to this. When he was saying... When, when the guy who did the uh, report, uh, Hope Simpson, said um, there was no more room for further settlers so long as Arab agriculture was not developed. What we've kind of glossed over, but you could probably assume, is that the Jews, despite their promises, were not helping Arab farmers in any way. What we're going to see later on, uh, I think it's by 1945, is that the Jews in this area have become masters of land reclamation. In fact, there's going to be a, a book written on it by a specialist, and he's going to be like, look, I've been all over the world, and the Jews are doing a better job of reclaiming all this land than anybody else. The point is they're not helping. The Arabs now, as soon as they buy some supposedly worthless land from an Arab, yeah, they'll go in there and they'll work it and they'll get it uh, uh, as good as it can possibly be. But they're clearly not helping the Arabs, and so 
to let more Jews in, to buy land, to just take it off the Arabs, to kick them off, to make them homeless peasants and, and probably radicals. It's just a, as a recipe for disaster, and this guy recognizes that. So he's like, no more can come in until we can figure out how to help the Arabs do, do a better job with their land. What it comes down to is London has to decide what to do with this report, how are they going to react to it, and what can the Zionists, if anything, do to keep the British supporting their dream of a Jewish home in Palestine. So everything's up in the air. Everybody's waiting to see what the British are going to do because they're the political masters, the boots on the ground. But for right now, things are looking pretty decent for the Arabs and not so great for the Jews. Oh, then in October of 1930 the British issued something called the Passfield White Paper, mm. named after Colonial Secretary Sidney Webb, right. who had just been made the new Lord Passfield. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird name. Would you want to be a Lord yeah. Passfield? Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> now, better than um, the Earl of Peel that we'll get to later. Uh he was another anti-Zionist, and his white paper seriously reduced their commitment to the Balfour Declaration. <laughs> right. In 1929, right. he had commented that in Palestine there is no room to swing a cat. <laughs> Lots of pussy, but no room to swing a cat, he said. I have to ask, is that the standard measure? You swing a cat, and if it hits someone... That means no more mm -hmm. immigrants can come in for a while. I, I did not know that. Mm. I just wanted to mm. make sure I was on, up to snuff. Mm. Cat swinging. Cat swinging. Pussy swinging. Right. Now, he <laughs> promised the Arabs that they could have a legislative council. Ooh. Basically, he promised them a form of democracy. Now, yes. British are still in control, but you can have your own council to come up with your own legislation and... Right. Yeah, there'll probably be some Jews involved, but it'll be proportional representation. So because there That's are fair. more Arabs than Jews, yeah. the Arabs will be able to determine the laws of the land, their own land, the land that right. they live in. Yes, The Arabs got excited by that, but of course, Weizmann and Ben-Gurion and the Zionists threw a complete fit. <laughs> they said it went against the terms of the mandate and, of course, the Balfour Declaration, right. basically saying when you were given the mandate by the League of Nations, it was on the understanding yes. that you were going to let us in and you were going to govern it equally for all people, you know, for both sides, and right. you weren't going to let these guys get a leg up while we secretly build a. <laughs> oh, sh sh sorry. No. Scratch cut, that. Cut that. Scratch cut, yeah. that last yeah. bit. Yeah. Edit yeah. Can, that we, part can we do that again? Yeah. Can edit that part. Ed Make a note. Edit two. that out before we send it to him. Yeah. Yeah. The Zionist organization threatened to take it all the way to the International Court at The Hague. Weizmann himself threatened to resign. Oh. The threat being that if he resigned, one of uh, Better Not Pout, Better Not Cry's <laughs> fascist <laughs> Jews <laughs> would end up leading the movement. Right. You and don't want me in charge, bitch. Then yeah. you get what you get. Right. As uh, Joe Pesci said to Robert De Niro in The Irishman about Al Pacino's uh, character, uh, Jimmy Hoffa, just just tell him what it is. You know, he was just telling him what it is. Just tell just, him what it I'm is. I'm telling you. Yeah. So have you, not have you seen The Irishman yet? No. Have you seen The Irishman I, yet? I have not seen it yet. Fucking hell, dude. I'll be doing that. I was too busy working. I'll be doing that this weekend. <laughs> Don't you say anything. Don't you fucking say anything. So the Whitehall said to the Zionists who said that this was inconsistent with the terms of the mandate, they quoted Darth Vader. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. But that's what they're doing. But as we've covered in past episodes, within London, within Whitehall, within the government, there were many either sincere or practical converts to Zionism. And like we've said in previous episodes, the British knew that, yeah, in the long run, even though we really don't like these people and we completely side with the Arabs because they're the ones who are losing their land, we know it's better for us if the Jews instead of the Arabs are running the place. It's better for British foreign policy. So this is this is momentum that's built up, but it's not going to last. Yeah. Uh, you know... Uh... 
the desire, you know, just getting back to the Darth Vader comment, yeah. I just yeah, want yeah. you to know, I want everyone, I, I'm not going to go see The Rise of Skywalker. Just want to Why put not? that out there. Why not? Who I've... in the fuck are you to... Oh, God, stay calm, Ray. Stay calm. Why? Can you know... Well, you don't because... want to be let down? Yes. I've, yeah. I've had enough of being let down. It's like why I will not ever have sex with you again because it's just... <laughs> The disappointment Come on. is too much. I put a so $5 these... bill under your nose. It's going to happen. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. You know, like many yeah, people but... of our generation, yeah. Star Wars holds wow. a very special yes. place in my heart. Like 1978, I became an atheist. Right. And I saw Star Wars. And pretty Jedi. much back to back. Oh, right. Yeah, right. well, I, it, I did. Like Jedi... Basically replaced Catholicism. It makes for more me. sense. I... Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Your focus determines your reality. Fuck me, that's brilliant. You don't need a Bible. You don't need a guide. It's fucking brilliant. Anyway, please. Oh, oh no, no, Jedi... no, no, no. The other thing. What was your book? Your book, uh, the Three Illusions. We're all a part of the. the we're all just. Uh, a uh, part of the wave on the ocean or whatever the fuck. And the force is, you know, it connects all living things. It's the fucking same thing. You don't need religion. You've got the force. You've got the Jedi. I'm done now. And I never saw Jedi's going around raping little kids. So, you know, rarely exactly. Or, exactly. or, or supporting, supporting the fascists right. uh, in world war two. So, yeah, Jedi, uh, uh, you know, look, were those films perfect? No. Were the prequels that George did good? No. But this, like, it, that was the biggest disappointment. And then, yeah. like, but these last couple of movies. Yeah. Uh, I just walk out of the cinemas just sick, just, just devastated. Cashing like, checks. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. So this time I've decided that's it. Like the last few episodes of uh, Dexter. Right. I've given oh, up. That was you, painful. You've broken my heart one right. too many times. Yeah. I just can't. I don't, I don't put, care if you can't anymore. put myself through that right. anymore. Right. I can't. I can't have Yofre <laughs> calling me up from Barcelona, ranting at me for two hours about how fucked it all is. <laughs> he will. Ju- I know he will. Say, anyway, you could just say, "I didn't say it. I don't care. I'm going to tell you about it right now." Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyway, uh, getting back to the story, because uh, we're nearly now. Please. Yeah, on the 14th of February, 1931, British Prime Minister Ramsay MacDonald, who, by the way, yes. was the first ever Labour Party politician to become Prime Minister oh. of the United Kingdom. Is he spinning in but his that was bef- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, prob- well, that was before that. No, he ended up getting fired from the Labour Party. Yes. Because he kind of moved to the right. Anyway, oh. he wrote to Weizmann reaffirming... The previous British policy on this, the Balfour Declaration, basically basically tore up the Passfield oh, white paper right. and threw it out within six months. Yes. So within six months of bitching and moaning, the Zionists got, got their way. Beautiful. Beautiful. In fact, it was the Arabs who considered McDonald's letter the black letter as opposed to the white paper of the British government. So, yeah, so they had – it looked good for a while, but – Things reverted back to normal, and now the Zionist dreams are still being supported by the British government. It was just a little blip. Like your penis. On February 18th, <laughs> 1931, the PAE issued no. <laughs> the Declaration to the Noble Arab Nation. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> or the Dinan, <laughs> as, as, as we call it. Okay. The Dinan, stating... Now I've got to do an Arab accent. Fuck, this is always dicey. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, I think Arab accent. I think Sir Alec Guinness right. playing Faisal in uh, Lawrence of Arabia, which right. is probably the worst Arab accent right. ever. Yes. But uh, that's what you, you got. Know, yeah. It's good enough for Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's, it it's good enough for me. Yeah. We must give up the idea of relying on the British government to safeguard our national and economic existence because this government is weak in the face of the forces of world Jewry. Let us seek help from ourselves and the Arab and Islamic world. Mr. McDonald's new document has destroyed the last vestige of the empire. No, of respect. (laughs) Sorry, let me say that again. Getting my characters mixed up. 
We, Mr. McDonald's new document. <laughs> I can take a bit. Obi Wan than that. Hold on, let me go. <clears throat> we must give up the idea of relying on the British government to safeguard our national and economic existence, because this government is weak in the face of the wor- forces of world Jewry. Let us seek help from ourselves and the Arab and Islamic world. Mm. Mr. McDonald's new document has destroyed the last vestige of respect every Arab had cherished towards the British government. Ooh. So. Fine, like Donkey Kong. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck the British. (laughs) Fuck the Jews. Right. We're going to turn to the rest of the Arabs. Let's load up. uh, Yeah. And we're going to ask them for support. So this is 1931. Now, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, all of this is going on during the Great Depression. Right. And during the rise of new bout of anti-Semitism in Europe, particularly in Germany, obviously a couple of years before Hitler actually comes to power, but he's right. talking about it. Oh, and it's in Italy. He, yes, yes. And in Italy, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. but uh, more so in um, oh, absolutely more so in, in yeah. Germany and, yeah. and, and well, the, the brown Kampf. shirts are running around exactly. and exactly. yeah, Mein Kampf is a yes. big hit. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Do you think you'll sell as many that? books as um, Mein Kampf? What can we do? Oh, I if only I we had Hitler's wish. numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Uh, now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my biggest fear is that the book and or the film is a massive hit. Right. Because uh, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about it. It's going to be a huge hit. People are going to listen to our podcasts. Oh, fuck. And then I'm, it's just going to be Cameron Riley said this about the Jews. <laughs> Cameron Riley used the well, N word. Yeah. Cameron Riley did this. It'll be like iTunes negative reviews <laughs> on mass. It'll but be like, oh, money, this, so. this guy is such a, you know, racist <laughs> anti-Semite, homophobe, <laughs> makes gay jokes, he makes jokes about women's pussies, he makes jokes, did, about, you know. You should have used a pen name. Damn. <laughs> Too late now. Anyway. Oh, like, bring it on. You Anyone gets me on, you're like, what? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck. That'd be my response to everything. Mr. Right. Riley, are, are you anti-Semite? Fuck, Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck off. Fuck all of those people. Seriously? <laughs> Fuck off. That's just the most standard response. Oh, we're live on air. Good. Fuck them too. Anyone listening to this shit? Fuck off. That's the most standard response. I pulled something. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. De- Great Depression. Keep that in mind. Now. Yes. The, the, the ineffectiveness of the British protecting the Jews during the Wailing Wall riots of right. 1929 led to a major reorganisation of the Haganah, the Jewish paramilitary organisation. Ah. Uh, Jabba the Hutt, you know, with his Iron Wall memo that had come right. out quite a few years before, talked about building the a protective military shield and so a band of officers from Haganah set up their own group called Haganah Bet or Haganah B. Right. Uh, ended up being known as Ergun Bet mm-hmm. uh, for the National Military Organization, the IZL or just Ergun for short. They basically wanted Haganah to abandon its defensive strategy, which yeah. was, you know, how they position themselves. We're here to stop shit from happening. They wanted it to be aggressive. Get on the good foot. Right. And uh, right. And, and it did. So by April 1937, you had uh, the, the Ergun running around. It veered rightward earlier on in, early, in 31. By 1937, it renamed itself Ergun and it had become the military wing of Better Not Pout, Better Not Cry. Right, the revisionist so it's basically, yeah, It was geez. basically the SS. Yeah. It was the SS. Or the of, um, Sinn Féin of the IRA. You say it, we'll yeah. make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 
It's getting serious. It's getting tense. It, both sides are arming up, and the British still have no idea how to handle this shit. The policy of uh, Haganah Bay, or Ergun, as it became to be known, was basically taken straight from Jabba the Hutt's teachings. <laughs> Every Jew had the right to enter Palestine, and nobody was allowed to stop them. Damn. Only active retaliation and force would let it would get the Arabs out of the way and that they couldn't rely on the British. Jewish right. military force was the only thing that would ensure a Jewish state. Yeah. And that, I think, is where we should end episode 144. We will be back next time with enough notes for three shows yes. by the looks of it. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Might have might have overdone it a little bit with my prep this week. <laughs> yeah, it's As usual. Eleven pages. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, well. Tis Christmas. Tis true. Actually, I'm okay with that. An iron curtain has descended across the continent. Oh my God! Fuck me. I'm holding it up with my penis, actually. The Soviet military buildup on the island of Cuba. The purpose of these bases can be none other than to provide a nuclear strike capability against the Western Hemisphere. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it the whole time. Crocs ate well that day, my friend. Love the juice.